Welcome back, Only Playbook fans. We are back. Me and Shashote both feeling a little under the weather, maybe. Throat's hurting. Throat's a little sore. We went to the uh, uh, Giants and Packers Monday night game in MetLife last night. It was an awesome game. Awesome ending. Great crowd. Uh, good Giants fans. And Packers lost, so that's a win. Uh, still feeling a little bit under the weather, Shashote. How are you feeling today? I just got over COVID, so uh, <laughs> testing testing negative now, So, but still having Damn. some weird symptoms so uh yeah it's all good i'm feeling great yeah i did wake up with a little bit of a you know took a it took an extra hour to get back to it but the game yesterday was so much fun that uh, it makes up for it yeah it was so so much to cover um that, that was it that was the last regular season week if you're in the playoffs you know you're in the playoffs if you're not you're not in the playoffs so uh we have to break it all down to show let's kick things off with the rundown thursday night football feels like ages ago patriots and steelers in Pittsburgh Patriots win this game on the road 21 to 18 final they cover the five and a half point dog spread over 30 and a half caches um Zeke is the talk of the town here uh fills in for Stevenson uh I was a little bit bearish on him you guys were both bullish on him as you should have been 91% of the snaps 22 carries seven catches they, they think he's 24 years old again that's elite usage and his next three scheduled games, though, not great. He's got Kansas City, and then he gets Denver and Buffalo. So not the best schedule for running back. You'll have to monitor, see where Ramondre's situation is. If he's back, obviously, he's probably the starter, and then it goes back to a little bit of a split. So in my personal opinion, every player or fantasy-relevant stat that I'm talking about, I'm forward-looking, meaning like, if how is this going to impact me in the playoffs? So personally, if Ramondre's back, Zeke, you're not starting in the playoffs. Ramondre, you, I mean, depending on your situation, you may be forced to start, but you're probably still going to want to look elsewhere just with – uh, the split in usage and touches that they get mixed with the schedule. What did you see from this game? Yeah, I mean, all eyes were definitely on Zeke and um, it worked out, but I think you're spot on. Like it's one of those situations you just don't want to mess with when Ramondre does, or if if Ramondre comes back, you're just, you want to look elsewhere. Um, but I was also kind of looking at the Steelers to seeing if they were the real deal or not. And the main reason they aren't the real deal is the passing game, right? So they surprisingly had their best pass blocking grade this season which was a whopping 70 so um they're not looking too good um i have deontay johnson starting in one of the leagues and you know he lucked out with a touchdown on like two catches or something crazy like a three catches or something crazy like that um so you know I, i'm looking elsewhere if possible but i also don't have the the luxury to to look elsewhere when player like deontay who kind of has this um you know rep of getting a tons of volume i'm still kind of holding on to that i don't know why i could be starting other players but my other players are like marquise brown and whatnot and they're dealing with issues of themselves uh, uh for themselves or whatever so i'm kind of stuck with deontay johnson what do you what do you think about riding with deontay johnson in the playoffs i mean it's scary definitely scary like the deontay deontay johnson's not scary but who's throwing in the ball is scary right so situation yeah. i think that's been really much you know, a lot of the theme for this whole season is you have these superstar receivers uh, and their quarterbacks go down and they're playing with quarterbacks who just can't quite get it done. And yeah. if they can get it done, it's not consistently, right? So you can have a boom week or you could have a pretty bad week. Deontay, we've seen now have a couple of bad weeks and he is elite in terms of getting targets. So you like that, but if that's not, you know, resonating into like actual production, especially in the playoffs where, you know, it's one and done. You really don't have the ability to be like, I'll regroup next week. Uh, I have definitely my worries. I mean, dude, it's Mason, Mason Rudolph or Mitch Trubisky throwing in the football and yeah, their best case scenario is Kenny Pickett. So like, it just doesn't get any better uh, for the passing game. So if I'm able to, I'm probably avoiding all Pittsburgh in the playoffs. 
Let's take it into Atlanta where the Falcons were hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers battle for the division lead. Bucks win this game 29-25, cover the two and a half point dog spread over 41 and a half caches. Uh, Chauvet missed a good episode or actually a bad episode maybe for him because it was the first game where Mike Evans didn't play well. Yeah, I mean, he had one catch on six targets for eight <laughs> yards total. Uh, but there was opportunities that, that kind of got missed there. There was an, a possible touchdown, possible couple of big plays, honestly. And I think those will hit more than miss. Uh, but, you know, it's just the NFL. Things happen. And sometimes you have bad games. It just happens to be week 14 where a lot of players probably needed him. Uh, but that's just that's why you have to have a good roster, right? You can't be relying on one player. But Mike Evans will bounce back. No worries there. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. Mike Evans, if you think about Mike Evans, he had a down year last year, but what game did he have his biggest game of the season? The championship game, three touchdowns for that mofo. So yeah. uh, he's a man that always plays when the lights are the brightest. So yeah, going into the playoffs, I think you still feel pretty confident starting him. On the other side, though, a guy who played extremely well, Drake London, 10 for 172 on 11 targets with some of the best mossing I've seen this year, maybe. I mean, this guy is that. He is the guy that high points the football. And when it's up there, there's not very many guys that can go up, go up and get that. But uh, what's really crazy about it is he's wide receiver two finish on the week, which is obviously his best finish on the season, but it's only his second top 10 finish in the entire year. So, you know, the talent Drake London never transferred Translated to the production Drake London because of Desmond Ritter in the quarterback play 2024 Drake London can't wait brother 2023 mm -hmm. playoffs I'm sorry I'm going to pass on Drake London yeah. in the playoffs not worth the risk battle of the NFC North to show Bears and Lions in Chicago the Lions are fumbling the division away 23 28 the Bears win the game they cover the three and a half point dog spread under 44 and a half caches I mean we've been talking about it man Lions frauds Lions on the road frauds Lions defense major major frauds I'm concerned about their offensive weapons too in the playoffs you have Amonri St. Brown back-to-back -back weeks with two and three catches a guy who's a top 10 wide receiver all season as consistent as they come and check out this schedule for the Lions for the next three weeks you get Denver next week you get the Vikings, who are the best defense in the league. And then you get the Cowboys, who probably are also the best defense in the league. I mean, that is the worst schedule for the Lions, for Lions players. If you're a golf owner, man, if any of those games are on the road, you're probably pivoting elsewhere, even if they're at home, man. I mean, if Matthew Stafford's out there, that's my biggest streaming option this week is he's playing the Commanders. So you, if you need to pivot away from Jared Goff, who's a very, very big pivot opportunity here, uh, I think Stafford's the get. But those three players or those three matchups in the playoffs, man, Gibbs, Montgomery, Goff, St. Brown, you don't feel good about any of those players in the matchups uh, for the playoffs. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there, but I'm I'm not surprised at all. I mean, this is lines in the lines, right? Boy. Yeah, not once was I was like, I am afraid of the lines. I have not said that once this year. Even while they were doing good, I'm like, eh, not so. Yeah. Um, but you know, the other side, I'm seeing a lot of changes. A lot of changes happening over there in the Bears world. Uh, their defense is actually legit. Uh, finally, you know, about like four weeks ago, they started getting a lot of their injured players back. They signed new players, elite level players. And all of a sudden, this is a whole new defense, just limiting player, uh, other teams to a minute amount of points. Uh, DJ Moore, as far as fantasy goes, is a stud when it comes to playing with fields. Without fields, it was kind of up for grabs. But with fields, he's getting every single screen pass ever created. Uh, thrown to him and he's got that you know energy and that ability to break tackles to just kind of get 10 yards on a, on a little screen whereas like other players that get screens normally aren't built that way you know we're talking more of a aj brown than than closer to like a uh, i don't know some stefan diggs yeah. yeah exactly exactly yeah. so um with that and then the threat of you know a pump fake for another screen 
and now going deep, he's he can cover the whole field. And for that reason, you know, this fields to more connection is going to be good for the next couple of days, uh, games as well. Yeah. I mean, and three carries like we, you know, the yeah. running back, running back backfield. I want to talk about a little bit. I didn't have it in the notes, but it's important going in the playoffs. Foreman's finally getting his due, man. They were all three yeah. healthy and Foreman played 55% of the snaps, which again, as somebody we've seen how productive he's been when he gets the opportunity. I'm just so happy for him to actually get the opportunity when they're all healthy. So um, good for him, but not ideal for like fantasy wise, right? Because he's still only getting 55% of the snaps. Roshan actually got more snaps and Herbert was third in the backfield in terms of touching the football and playing on the field. So uh, what that means is, yes, if you have to pick one to start, probably Foreman just based on usage, but matchups are important and he's splitting time. And at no point is Foreman good enough to where you're like, it's his backfield, you know, like second quarter, something could happen. And you're like, Oh, we got to get Herbert in there now. And so you can't be surprised with players like that, that aren't the alpha in their backfield. But right now I think Foreman's won the backfield at least. Um, that's it. That's all I saw in that game. Let's take it to Cincinnati where Jake Browning is telling Joe Burrow that he can just take his sweet ass time because he is carrying the Bengals 34 to 14. They beat the Colts cover the two and a half point spread over 45 and a half caches. Um, you know, Bengals are all fine and dandy, but I think you and I both want to talk about stuff on the Colts side. Talk to me about the pass catching for both teams, I guess. Yeah. I mean, what you want in fantasy is this like locked up matchup between, your wide receiver and your quarterback that just syncs very well. You know what I mean? Like it isn't, I may have said that a little wrong, but it's not about the matchups when it comes to these type of players. It's just like this chemistry between the quarterback and the wide receiver. And we're seeing that flourish with Pittman um, and Minshew, whereas he's just always looking to Pittman. And I've mentioned this multiple times, probably like five or six times throughout the year. Pittman is somebody you want on your team. And if you have him on your team, you're not looking to deviate away. Obviously, no one's going to sit here and try to change that up. But it's something to monitor even going into next year, whereas drafting and things like that will come into play. He's going to go much sooner than next year. And rightfully so. Um, I, I think he's a stud. And um, on the other side of the field, uh, to touch on the Bengals a little bit, Chase, who is probably even more of a stud than Pittman, uh, with a, the, the lack of chemistry that I'm exactly talking about here on the Pittman side, he doesn't really, that's not really happening right now with the whole Burrow injury. We had three targets or three catches on four targets for 29 yards for Chase. That's just sad. And now the playoffs are coming. These teams that are in the playoffs with Chase, they're all wondering, should I be starting him or not? And they're going to start him at the end of the day. But stat line like this is very possible. The defense is coming up are Minnesota, uh, Pittsburgh, and Kansas City. So there's room to throw. But there's also ambiguity in each of these Teams where Minnesota has a studly defense all of a sudden without really well-known cornerbacks. And then Pittsburgh isn't really good at shutting people down, but they have some good cornerbacks. And then Kansas City has a pretty elite defense with elite cornerbacks. So not the best matchups for Chase coming up. There's room to work, but with this lack of chemistry, man, I don't know. If, if there was a team like yours where there's like a Puka Nakua on the bench because there's no room, I'm looking at benching Chase for people like that. So 100%. When I actually play Chase this week, uh, the guy I'm playing against has Chase and Cooper Cup. And so I have Puka Nakua and Devontae Adams and Jefferson, maybe. So battle of like a lot of superstars outside of Chase and uh, outside of Cup and Nakua. It's a bunch of good receivers with awful quarterbacks. So it's like such wild yeah. cards. You have no idea what you're going to get. Um, and you're right. I mean, that, that that is the reality. Even though Brownings look good, Browning got like 300 passing yards, dumping the ball off to Chase Brown, throwing it to his yeah. tight end, Tanner Hudson. You know, yeah. so it's like he is 
that that's the thing that leads me to believe that he may have some success next week against the Vikings is they're doing a really good job of letting him get the ball out quickly and the Vikings blitz the foot blitz. So yeah. um, that's why I think there is an opportunity based on matchup just because he is a guy that gets the ball out quickly. But talking about the running game for the same team on the uh, cold side, Zach Moss, we talked about him uh, beginning of the season when Justin or, Jason, or Jonathan Taylor was out. He was a top five running back consensus based on usage and production. And now Taylor's out. He's had great matchups and he's been bad back-to-back matchups with 94% snap count and 84% snap count, only 6.7 and 7.6 points. So you don't like that Tennessee and Cincinnati. I mean, Tennessee is not amazing against the run or not awful against the run. Cincinnati is pretty bad. So that is really frustrating to see his production this past week, but you're probably going to start him in the playoffs without even hesitating. If Jonathan Taylor's out because the usage is way, way too elite. Another game where I thought the score was going to be a lot lower than it was Browns and Jaguars 31, 27, the Browns and Flacco, who is father time say what two and a half points. They cover the spread. They win the, or they over 36 and a half caches. And you know, who's the biggest benefactor of this Joe Flacco resurgence. It's David Njoku, man. Where is wow. this burnt face man coming from? I mean, the man survived a burn to the face and now he's putting up insane production. Six for 95 and two touched or 91 and two touchdowns. Tight end two on the week. Tight end nine on the season all of a sudden. And I think he's got the best rest of the season schedule for any tight end in football. He gets Chicago next week. He gets Houston the week after that. And then he gets the Jets all in the bottom tier against tight ends in terms of matchups. So uh, Njoku's had seven top 12 finishes in the last eight weeks. I mean, that's as consistent as that's going to come. So right now, David Njoku, playoff, absolute smash. What did you see this game? Yeah, yeah, that's that's wild. I can't believe Njoku's <laughs> having this resurgence when I, I was all over him in like the first two years of his career. And <laughs> it just disappointed me the whole time. But um, sticking with the Brown side of the field, um. Jerome Ford injury. He has like a minor injury, but I don't know how minor it is because they're not being very clear about it. Otherwise, you know, if he was, if it was, if it was as minor as they say it is, there would be more clarity on what's exactly going on. Uh, upper extremity injury, you know, you got to grab the ball. You got to stiff arm people for a running back. It's a bigger deal than if it is for a wide receiver. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll check it out. But for some reason, if this is this ambiguity continues for a couple more days and Kareem Hunt's floating around your free agency, like he may be in a lot of four to five uh, bench leagues, um, I would go ahead and pick him up. And yeah, you, you can go ahead and drop your backup quarterback that you've been hoping in case there's an injury. I'll talk more about that for strategy in the playoffs. But if there's a Kareem Hunt right now and we're in must win games and you have a Kyler Murray backing up uh, Lamar Jackson, just in case Lamar Jackson goes down, I am dropping Kyler Murray and picking up Kareem Hunt because, you know, if, especially if my running back situation is a little bit more amb- ambiguous, if I'm never planning on starting him, I'm not going to yep. go ahead and pick no him point. up, but some of these backups that you're hoping, and, you know, if you have three defenses and, you know, two defenses, and you're hoping for that week 18, you may benefit more from a at now play now player then let's wait and see what happens because you never know who could get hurt. But those are important strategies as well. But right now, Kareem Hunt, keep an eye on it. If he's floating around and you have room on your bench, take him because they trust him. They throw the ball to him. They use him in goal line. And if Jerome Ford's out, we're talking 10 points minimum. So keep that injury uh, in the back of your mind for the rest of the week. Yeah, and same same schedule, right? For Njoku, we talk about green for yeah. tight ends, even greener for running backs. Bears, Houston, and Jets. So uh, teams that, yep. especially the Jets, you can't throw on them, but what you can do is run on them. So uh, yep. definitely good matchups for the Browns in the playoffs. 
The Saints were hosting the Panthers. The Saints win this game with Derek Carr playing shitty. 28-6, to covered the 5.5-point spread, under 39.5 caches. Uh, Chris Olave salvages his day getting in the end zone, 4 for 28, and a touchdown. Surprisingly, led the team in targets with 5, which was tied with Kamara, who had 3 catches for a total of negative 11 yards. So, PPR fans rejoice. So cheese. But what's crazy is Olave, rest of the season, you get the Giants, you get the Rams, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Again, all bottom half against opposing wide receivers. He He's an absolute smash. And you and I talked about it. What has he not done all year? He hasn't had one 20-point game all season. You know why? He's had four weeks with 100 yards receiving. He's had four weeks with the touchdown catch. None of those overlapped. So he's either getting 100 yards receiving or he's catching a touchdown, and he's not had that happen in the same game. So uh, he's got four more weeks, three more weeks to try to do it. Um, And, you know, again, if you're a betting man, the trend tells you that he's due. He is absolutely due. Uh, Again, I think he's an absolute playoff smash. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the running game for the Saints. Yeah, I mean, you want to just put Kamara out there and close your eyes and just see what Kamara is going to do as he's been doing all year long. But Jamal Williams is finally healthy, or he's a healthier. I think he got a little banged up that game actually. Um, but I, you know, at the end of the day, they split carries, and um, I think Kamara had 12 carries for 56 yards, and the yardage or the lack of yardage through the air you talked about, but the targets were there, and uh, Williams had 11 carries for 43 yards. So, um, you know, this is mainly a product of their, you know, uh, score at the end of the day, six points for the Panthers versus 28 for the Saints. Um, but you never know. You never know. And this just they I know Kamara is not in their long-term future. And I know they are, you know, much more Jamal Williams is much more affordable to keep for a couple more years. So, you know, there may be something going on there, but it's just something intriguing you see. Uh I, I'm not going to look into it too much, but it's just it's just something you kind of no- notice because Jamal Williams has been hurt for so long this year this year that he hasn't had opportunity to even split carries very often, but now that he's kind of like getting a little bit more healthier and now we see this clear cut split. Um, we'll see again, this d- depends on the game script. We'll see how that goes, but let's see if, what if the game is close, do they still bring in Jamal Williams? We're going to find that out this upcoming week. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely something worth monitoring, right? He's the prime example of if Kamara gets hurt, he is going to get everything, right? I mean, yeah. Kendra Miller may may somewhat get something, but it's Jamal Williams' backfield. Remember, this is a guy that led the league in touchdowns last year. So uh, he there is a place for him for sure. He could be a vulture. He could be the third down back. And he could simply, like you said right now, just split carries with Kamara, which for Kamara owners, without those catches, it's not looking as great. Uh, and obviously, he got into the end zone. But right now, Kamara's ceiling and the reason he's an auto start is because there's nobody that's dumping the ball off to yeah. the running back more than Derek Carr. Maybe Baker Mayfield to Richad. Maybe Baker Mayfield to Richad. (laughs) The Jets and the Texans in New York. Zach Wilson's back. What does that mean? That means the Jets put up 30 points for the first time all season as an offense. 30 to 6, they win the game, cover the three and a half point spread, over 33 and a half caches. Uh, Before we talk about the Jets and their 30 points, talk to me about the Texans and their six points and how do they do that? Yeah, they did that because of Mother Nature. It's pretty <laughs> straightforward. And Mother Nature, not only from weather standpoint, but from injury standpoint as well. There was nobody to throw the ball to. Throwing it to some tight ends, people don't really care Brevin, to have on their Brevin. team. And, and and running backs resurging from, their, from the dead. You know, uh, it's just it's not a good system against a really good 
defense. So Stroud was just running for his life all day long. It didn't look very well. I'm sure that'll change a little bit, but I don't know how much more that's going to change because of the lack of weapons with all these injuries. Uh, one player uh, of note was trusted a little bit more towards the later part of the game, Singletary versus Damian Pierce, who kind of coming in and trying to get his rollback, but looking like Singletary is still uh, more trusted later in the game, especially when it comes to passing work when they're down. Uh, and if their weapons aren't going to be available, then I sense more passing work for Singletary for the next couple of days. Uh, he had, I think, 13 rushes for 65 yards and a touchdown. He also got three targets, but wasn't able to catch any of them. Damian Pierce only had four carries for nine yards. So if they're trailing, um, or if even if it's a close game, I, I believe Singletary is still going to be taking care of business unless they're winning, uh, which I don't see that happening for the next three games, uh, mainly because of the Stroud. obvious injuries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and Stroud. And Stroud, Stroud, I feel like, will play. Um, but was it a concussion? It, yeah, it was a concussion. It was a bad one. It was a bad yeah. concussion. But um, yeah. we'll see. They're they're being a little bit more lenient on letting players play. Uh, but we'll see. That's just something we just won't know until the day before. So uh, if Stroud doesn't play, I don't know how you're comfortable doing any of this stuff or anything Texans related at all. Yeah. So. No. I mean, no Tank Dell, no Nico Collins. If Stroud was back, you'd maybe think about Noah yeah. Brown because they have to throw the football somewhere. Right. Uh, but yeah, without Stroud, Brevin Jordan, Dalton Schultz, Noah Brown, all those guys become nobody. Uh, you're nope. not trusting Davis Mills. Just think about it. if Davis Mills is a quarterback all year, would you be starting those players? Absolutely not. Um, and it is weird. One week Pierce just comes in and just runs the hell out of the ball. I drop Singletary in the next week. Singletary's back yeah. to being the lead guy. Uh, but like yeah. you said, I think game script is pretty important uh, with dictating which running back will get the uh, bulk share. Dude, worst weather of the week equals the biggest shootout of the week. I hate that, oh, but great for fantasy, I guess. 37-31, the Ravens and Rams in Baltimore. Ravens win this game in overtime. What a wild one this was. Rams covered the 7.5-point dog spread over 42.5 cashes. Shashot, I'll let you kick us off here. What would you see? Yeah, I like Zay Flowers just running all over the place. I think he's established himself as a clear-cut number one for Lamar when they actually want to throw the ball. You know, the first couple of games, Lamar was throwing like 20 to 25 times a game. How are you going to produce points for your receivers and tight ends in a happy way like Dak Prescott's doing when you're only throwing that many times? You can't, and that's because your defense is so good and you trust the running game. It's just that's the bad part about having a good team is your quarterback usually won't put up points and your receivers won't really put up points. So we're seeing a change here, and why is that happening? They're playing actually good teams. Now, the rest of the season – the Ravens have to face Jacksonville, who can put up points, San Francisco, who does put up points, and Miami, who can put up points when they're at home. So, again, that it's it's that easy. It's that simple, right? You're happy kind of risking it. Like I was mentioning earlier, the Deontay Johnsons on my lineup. Well, you know, if Odell Beckham is there and it's a good matchup like Miami and I know they're going to be throwing the ball, I'm like, huh, maybe I shouldn't go with the Mason Rudolph's ability to throw the ball and maybe I should go with Lamar Jackson's ability to throw the ball and start Odell instead. So these are the players that just we ignored all year long because of this run-first offense who was just dominating everybody. But now the games are close. They're losing games in overtime. Or uh, they won this one, but they, I, I felt like they should have lost this game. I think the Rams played much better towards the end. Um, but yeah, the, it's that simple, right? All these receivers, Zay Flowers is a must start. Odell is a solid flex option. And even, you know, likely getting the tight end nod is very much there just because of the lack of tight ends available. Um, so just smash, smash, smash. Three days in a row, three weeks in a row, you are going to be starting your Ravens.
Yeah, and and the other thing about the Ravens is if they had a superstar running back where you felt like the receivers were just a complement to the offense, you'd be like, yeah, you know, they don't have to throw the football. But like, let's be real. Keaton Mitchell, fast as hell. He's not a superstar. Gus Edwards, not a superstar, right? He's just getting a bunch of touchdowns. So it's not like they can sit there and be like, yeah, this is the game. We're just going to lean on Barkley for 30 times. You know, they don't have that. So they could use both running backs 12 times maybe, but at some point they're going to have to throw the football. I love the usage we saw from Likely. Uh, It felt like, it felt like for the first time that he was replacing Andrews, he truly was doing everything Andrews was doing. Uh, And so that equated to actually seeing the volume and the targets through the air. Uh, But Odell, man, he looks, he looks like Cowboys or he looks like giants. Odell. He looks very, very spry. He looks fast as hell. Like the slants where he's running away from the defenders. I mean, I wasn't really expecting that. So uh, he looks very fresh. So for that reason, I do feel pretty confident starting him. If you do have to start him as a flex, Uh, The only thing you have to think about is he's not going to get like a tremendous amount of target share, right? So you're going to bank on either a big play. You're going to bank on a touchdown, something like that to salvage your day. Uh, But right now he's really good. Let's remember that he's a really good football player from the past and he's playing with an awesome offense. So the upside is definitely there. Um, Kicking it over to the uh, the Ram side, right? Kyron Williams, uh, I give this guy his, you know, his kudos so much, but another tough matchup against the Baltimore Ravens run defense, and the man has 25 carries for 114 yards. I think it's safe to say that he's matchup proof simply just because of the usage, 94% of snaps, 90% of the snaps the last two weeks. Playoff schedule is a smash, man. Week 15 is the best schedule, the best team you could possibly want to play. It's the Washington Commanders. They just shit out fantasy points to the opposing team. That's why I have such a big dilemma that I have to ask you somewhere down the road here. But yeah, Stafford, Cup, Puka, smash, smash, smash. Kyron Williams, absolute smash. After that, there's week 16 and week 17, you get the Saints, who again, their defense seems to be reeling a little bit. And then you get the Giants, who, I mean, they played some good defense last night in MetLife against Jordan Love, but I still don't fear starting opposing players against that defense. So I think the Rams are a good team to have players heading into the playoffs. Um, and again, worst weather of the week. And we saw an absolute shootout. Every fantasy player was relevant. Uh, so really, really good game, but I have a big debate for you here, Shisho. And we may talk about it when we, you know, talk about what of our, what our playoff advice is to folks who are listening, but Dak Prescott's been incredible. He's probably been, you know, the MVP for the court of the, at the quarterback position the last eight weeks, maybe Matthew Stafford plays the commanders this week. Dak Prescott plays at Buffalo. Cold weather, you know, used to be an indoors. Yeah. Hasn't really played any real teams. He hasn't really played any real great teams. And Stafford's matchup is as smash as like, there's nobody else I'd rather have a quarterback facing right now than the commanders. So um, the only fear is if somehow Kyron has a massive day and it's just run, 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 run. And you're not going to get any touchdown passes from Stafford, which is what he was doing early in the season. Last four weeks, three touchdowns, three touchdowns, four touchdowns. They're finally figuring things out and he's really clicking. And now he gets an amazing matchup. Stafford or Dak? Dude, that's a tough one. And uh, I am going to talk about this a little bit later, but this one is a little bit more enticing than my philosophy in these situations is because at the end of the day, I mean, it's not like Kyron Williams rushing. He's not He's not just like a Gus Edwards that rushes the runs all the time. He catches balls. There's a lot of touchdowns from the air he's getting too. 
So it's not as grim as it looks from the Kyron Williams standpoint for Stafford because he can easily throw screen passes and stuff like that and get a touchdown that way. And he has one of the best wide receivers already, one of the best up-and-coming wide receivers already. It's later in the season. Stafford's got experience in these type of areas. And it's the commanders. Like, come on. That's at least two touchdowns and like 250 yards for Stafford. Like, guaranteed. You know, you, you don't get the rushing upside, but you don't really get that with Dak either. Um, and you know, uh, like we talked about, there's gotta be some regression from this crazy outburst. The Cowboys are going on when they're not facing real teams besides one team. And that was the most recent game. That's pretty legit. But at the end of the day, the, the, the Eagles just really bumbled the ball away like three times in really critical situations. The game would have been a whole different game script. Everything would be different. So all that being said, do you stick with your stud in Dak who's been putting up points or do you go with your intuition that Stafford has a good matchup. And that's just going to be something you're going to have to decide later on. You're going to have to find out multiple little small intricate details along the week. Oh, Puka Nakua has not been running slants very often because his left knee's hurt. You know, like all of that's going to play a role. All of that's going to play a role before Sunday because these are the these are the decisions you're going to have to make. Um, personally, if it was me making the decision, I, I feel like I'm too chicken right now. Everything is going so well for me as far as like the decisions I've made with the players that I've kept. I haven't even really looked at changing my lineups for the last like three weeks because I've kind of just told myself, these are my guys. They've got me here. I'm going to just grind through it with these guys. So I would probably go Dak. I would probably go Dak just because the offense is like next level. The last seven weeks is the greatest QB play in Cowboys history. So looking at that kind of stuff, it's hard to bench that. It's so hard to be like, all right, you know what? Let me bench you because of the cold weather and all that stuff. But again, all that being said, I'm just going to make it simple. I'm going Dak unless it's like a snowstorm um, and it's really windy. I think that's really my only factor as much as good as Stafford's been playing and nothing's like he's guaranteed two touchdowns, 250 yards. It's just smack guaranteed. But the upside of Dak to get five touchdowns is a little bit higher. And, um, you know, if it doesn't snow, if it's not windy, I think I'm going to trust that. Yeah, that could be a shootout, right? Because Buffalo is desperate. They're going to have right. to play to score. Um, and right. obviously, Allen turns the ball over, so you can probably count on one interception. And so they're going to play from behind. There's going to be situations. So, yeah, I, I think it's a really tough question. Uh, that's why I pose the debate. Um, it's one of those ones that you truly can debate. And like you said, it's going to come down to the wire for me because I still don't know uh, what yeah. I'm going to do. Uh, but the week will help me determine that. For sure. Going from one of the best games on the board to probably the worst game on the board, maybe ever, maybe the worst game we've ever watched as Vikings fans, I think. For sure. Vikings in Vegas, probably just hung over from too much casinoing and partying the night before. Didn't matter, though, because the Raiders were equally hung over. They didn't score a single point. The Vikings win this game three, nothing. Raiders cover. I don't know that I've ever seen this. Raiders cover the dog spread, not scoring a single point because they were three and a half point (laughs) dogs. That is insanity. Under 40 and a half caches. Uh, I'll talk about it. Wide receiver concerns on both sides. I've made this known. I have Jefferson. I have Adams. Both these guys are playing with quarterbacks that are very inferior. It takes away from how talented these guys are. Um, Adam's ceiling, man. It's just not that he's, he's got a ceiling and it's just not a good one. It's, it's really not a good one. He gets the chargers, which obviously the matchup's great, but I just don't trust O'Connell. And then he has the chiefs and then he has the Colts Colts again, also not bad, but you're smack dab with the chiefs in the middle there with Legarius Sneed. Um, So I don't know how I feel about that. Um, and it's similar to kind of like situations with Garrett Wilson, right? He's wide receiver one on the season now. Well, he's a firmly a wide receiver two for Devontae Adams, but that's not what you drafted him to be. That's not what you're expecting him to be in the playoffs for you. But I think at this point, if Adams is your wide receiver one, your expectations of what he's going to give you have to go down yeah. because they're yeah. it, like, 
Like we talked about yesterday, could he get three touchdowns and 35 points any given week? Certainly. He certainly could do that. But right now, that is way few and far between. And what's more realistic yeah. is five to seven catches for like 50 to 70 yards. So um, that's the situation at hand. Is there a world where you're ever benching Devontae Adams in your playoffs? I mean, I just I, I, I can't. I, I couldn't do it either. I, I, I don't see myself being able to do that. Um, but if you somehow have a better situation or option, I don't know how big with all the injuries like Tank Dells and stuff going down, but if you somehow have a better option, it's worth debating because Adams, the name is just not the production on the field right now for your fantasy team. I think I have a really close debate, but this is as close as it gets and it's still not good enough. So I drafted Saquon number one, Adams number two in that league. <laughs> that and then I've got right. a bunch... And then I got a bunch of receivers, right? So I have Hopkins, I have um, Deontay Johnson, and I do have uh, Thielen, right? Mm -hmm. So, so uh, would you bench Adams? Still, oh, yeah, still I mean... no. That's still a no. Like who? Yeah, Hopkins maybe, like just because of the recent touchdowns and whatnot. But that's still room for two other wide receivers to start. And there's no way any of those receivers are more reliable than Adams. We talked about this de de depressing ceiling for Adams. That ceiling for Deontay is even more depressing with yeah. the quarterback oh, yeah. play, right? And with oh, yeah. Thielen right now, it's even more depressing. So I think I think you're right. Hopkins has that upside, that boom. So Hopkins is the only guy you debate because the Titans will be losing. Levis is like Jay Cutler, Drew Locke, right? He's slinging yeah. the ball. So that helps yeah. the wide receivers for sure. But um, yeah, uh, versus Thielen and the other guy right now, man, playoffs. Like, are you telling me you're trusting Bryce Young to throw your player the football <laughs> right now? Unfortunately, I'm just no. not. No, definitely not. But uh, as far as, you know, scoring goes, let's talk about the Viking side of the um, ball. And, you know, their defense is doing great. Their defense is doing awesome. So just churning up opportunities for the offense. And guess what the offense is doing? Nothing. Nothing. They can't, we can't run the ball. Still can't run the ball. And receivers cannot catch. JJ came for like three drives and left and didn't come back. So now we still don't even know if he's going to be available. KJ Osborne cannot catch the ball. And where has Addison gone? Why can't we just pop him back in there and do that 10 targets a day, uh, Addison, like we did before? So there's a lot of things that need to be sorted out. We don't even know who's throwing the ball. I just, we don't know. So the one thing we do know is that the only reason the Vikings are moving the ball at all this year with consistency is because of Hawkinson. He hasn't gotten in the end zone as much as last year, but there are games where he's shown uh, upside and that's why he's tight, tight end one for the year so far. And I don't think that's going to change, right? That's the one consistency they have. There's no way they're deviating away from that. They would be stupid. Who would they go to next? They would score no points. They have nobody, so, yeah. So so just using that logic alone, I expect Hawkinson get, to get like 10 targets. Um, JJ, hopefully he's back to kind of ease off the middle of the field more. And you would think like that takes targets away from Hawkinson, but I think JJ being back just opens up the passing game a little bit more and they both still get their own. So I don't see a world where Hawkinson can't get you like eight points minimum and looking at the tight end landscape, that's like a good day for most tight ends. So um, I think, you know, with that opportunity, I think the Vikings will probably just keep throwing it up the middle and trying to get field goals. I, I don't see any other option for the rest of the year unless things change drastically. Yeah, and they're dealing with a handful of injuries themselves, right? I think, so they reported that Dobbs' bench, Nick Mullins is a starting quarterback. Alexander Madison's dealing with a concussion of his own, I believe. Is, is it a concussion? It's something. He's dealing with an injury of his ankle. own. It's an ankle. ankle. So that's worse, I feel like. I feel like that could yeah. actually possibly be worse. Ty Chandler, they're on a short week. They play on Saturday this week, not Sunday. Um, and Justin Jefferson, they said they avoided a, the scariest 
uh, of injuries. But again, like you said, I don't know what that means. That could just mean they're yeah. still going to wait like a couple weeks, you know? Um, yeah. So I don't know what that means. I don't know what to expect. The one saving grace is as Vikings fans, we understand that Nick Mullins can at least deliver the football to players on time. Dobbs can't do that. That's why Hawkinson, absolute with Mullins, smash, bro. Smash underneath passes left and right for days. Uh, and you would expect if JJ is out there that he is going to produce uh, because the quarterback can at least get him the football. Uh, but outside of those guys right now with the back of quarterback, Jordan Addison, you can't start. You, you absolutely cannot start him. Um, and if Madison's out, do you, the Bengals run defense is pretty bad. Like how comfortable do you feel about plugging in Chandler? Dude, I feel super comfortable. I, I really do because my other options aren't the best in every mm -hmm. single league. I'm, I don't have any studs besides Saquon as far as a early draft pick stud. I went like zero RB strategy. So I have like pretty good reputable people that I could plug and play, but all of a sudden you get an RB one that can catch passes. And that's really fast on a team that, doesn't really have a target per se that if he does have a couple of good plays, they're going to be rolling with him for the rest of the game. So those opportunities alone are enough for me to be like, all right, flex. There is nobody else to take targets. There is nobody else to touch the ball away from this man. That's an auto start. We're talking, that's like a 90% snap rate. That's an automatic start. Yeah, no, I, I'm absolutely there with you. Plus, he's got the home run ability. He's got the speed. One hole, and this dude's 75 yards for a touchdown. So uh, the A-chans, the, who's the other guy? The Keaton Mitchells of the world. Ty Chandler's one of those guys. Not Maybe not as fast, but he's kind of on that same wavelength. Yeah. 49ers, best team in the NFL, maybe 28 to 16. They beat the Seahawks at home. Seahawks do cover the 14 and a half point spread under 44 and a half. Show Brock Purdy, MVP. Dude, I can't believe that that's even a thing, but it's it's so it's legit. If you make sense of it, it makes sense, right? Like what is an MVP? It's somebody that knows how to take their team to victory, right? Is there anybody else that is doing a better job than that than Brock Purdy? And we know this is a quarterback stat at the end of it all. You know, as much as I want other players to get more recognition at the end of the day, historically it's been a quarterback thing and what more, what better team to get a recognition like this for than the number one seed, which San Francisco looks like they're running away with it. So I think it's really between Purdy and Dak. And that really depends on how they play these next couple of games. If mm -hmm. Dak plays mediocre, but the Cowboys are number one seed with what he's done so far, I think he can still take the MVP with Purdy playing me mediocre or even bad one game and playing. Okay. The other games and still gets the number one seed. That's still enough to get the MVP. I, I don't like how the MVP stuff is done, but this is how it's done. And if you look at historically what happens, it's just the quarterback for the team that takes them to the number one seed typically gets it. Or if they're making insane numbers like Tyreek Hill is, those players are also for a debate. But if you're not, if you're losing to the Titans on Monday Night Football, then those conversations are kind of getting a little faded. So yeah, yeah I you know, I, I think this 49ers have every tool in the toolbox and they're using them appropriately. And here's the kicker. This is the main thing for me. It's that he Brock Purdy currently is in the top two as far as big play, uh, big plays, period. Big time throws is what it's called. It's like a new PFF stat. Mm -hmm. um, big time throws. He's ranked second. He was first for like majority of the season, actually, and recently has been second. Uh, but that's, that's, that's crazy, right? Like you have every opportunity to make big plays and you do them. And I think that that takes you over the top because there's a lot of players out here, a lot of teams out here that have all the tools. And we sit here like, how do you not get the ball to AJ Brown? How do you not get the ball? Like, well, Brock Purdy is not having that problem. And a lot mm -hmm. of it has to do with good coaching and everything. But the thing is, the fact of the matter is he's like 
Kirk Cousinsing his way into a starting role for that team, being a permanent starter just by doing his job appropriately. And that's all they really need. Yeah. No, you're you're so right about it. We can't we can't knock Purdy for getting his playmakers the football when that's what, like you said, we're preaching for other teams to get their superstars right. the football. And big time throws, man. The 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 notion, the notion with uh Kirk, check down Kirk, not the case at all. The notion with Purdy, he's just throwing slants and his run and his receivers are just running 70 yards to the house. Bro, this dude is throwing dots deep to Ayuk, dots yeah. deep to Debo, dots deep to Kittle. Like He's throwing, he's making throws perfectly in stride. He's not right. just giving up slants for 80 yard touchdowns. He's not doing that at all. So I'm with you. I do think him, it's between him and Dak. It's going to come down to him and Dak. While you were talking, I was pulling up rest of the season schedule. Cowboys travel to Buffalo. They travel yeah. to Miami, right? So two opportunities where it could be shootouts, which, which definitely yeah. favors Dak's MVP case. They come home uh, New Year's Eve Eve against the Lions. So more statting for Dak. I mean, he's probably going to throw yeah. for 350 and five there. Yeah. So. Um, and then the last game of the season is against the commanders. If he plays crazy stats, but he may get benched because yeah. it's the last game of the season. Now flip it over to the 49ers. They get the Cardinals this week. Easy matchup. They're at home against the Ravens tough matchup, but the Ravens just weren't a shootout with the Rams and they're at home. So, uh, you like the matchup and then the 49ers in week 17, wouldn't you know it, get the commanders. So, I mean, both of these quarterbacks are going to have the ability to put up like 10 to 12 touchdown passes the next three weeks and you yeah. know, a thousand passing yards and whoever ends up incrementally better is going to end up winning the, uh, the MVP. Yeah. So it's really going to come down to the wire. I am with you. I wish Ty Tyreek Hill got it. He deserves it. Uh, but these guys are probably quarterbacks and they're going to be the one and two in that category. Um, for me real quick, Seattle bad. Everything on Seattle was bad. Um, that they were so bad that the 49ers all cooked and Debo Samuels, who I want to talk about, he's back on track. He's back to peak Debo. He's back to really scary Debo. He's back to like yeah. every play can be a home run Debo. And that is yeah. the best version of Debo Samuel. He had one carry for one yard and one touchdown, but he had seven catches for 149 yards and a touchdown. All of a sudden, dude sitting at wide receiver 14 on the season. Last three weeks, wide receiver nine, wide receiver two, wide receiver one, all trending in the right way. And we just talked about it. Cherry on top, rest of the season schedule, Arizona, Baltimore, and then in the finals of fantasy football, he gets the Washington Commanders. Damn. Brock Purdy, Ayuk, Kittle, CMC, and Debo owners rejoice in the finals. There's no better matchup you could possibly have. Absolute 100% home run, guaranteed smash for all 49ers players in the finals. Another awesome matchup show, Bills Chiefs in Kansas City. The Buffalo Bills had to win this game. Controversial call at the end. Mahomes is probably still bitching about it as it is Tuesday, the 12th here. But the Bills win this game 20 to 17, cover the one and a half point dog spread under 49 and a half points. Kick us off here. What did you see this game? Dude, I'm not starting Patrick Mahomes this week. <laughs> I don't I don't have Patrick Mahomes because I'm not stupid enough to draft him that early. But there is a legitimate case to be made here for Patrick Mahomes not getting your start in your playoff matchup. There's players like Jordan Love with easy matchup. There's Matthew, Matthew Stafford. Stafford. Easy matchup. And what have they done with these easy matchups? They've provided you with points. Patrick Mahomes is lingering around. He's like he's like QB 15, QB 10, QB 12, QB 8. And just averaged up, he's hanging around that bottom end, like a like a high end QB two or a low end QB one right now. Yep. So you know, depending on your scoring and everything, whatever six touchdown, four touchdowns. I'm going by the four touchdown or four point for touchdown method. But he's not using his legs to score touchdowns. He's using his legs to create extra plays. So that's like what, like forty yards a game, which is his which is his career best. But 
it's still not good enough to be get to our 30 points per game Patrick Mahomes we expect with the second round draft picks. Mm-hmm. So what he's lacking the most is p- passing touchdowns, right? Like the reasons he was doing so great was because he was hitting those 50, 50, 40 to 50 touchdowns a season. And he's ha- sitting at a pretty little 23 passing touchdowns so far and 11 interceptions. Okay. We give uh, Josh Allen all this crap. This dude's got double digit interceptions and we're at week 14. So, all that being said, no hate on him as far as his GOAT status, except for the little bitchy attitude thing he did. That kind of does hate on his GOAT status a little bit. But I agree. As far as as far as like fantasy stuff goes, dude, don't get hung up on the name, okay? It's New England. Playing at New England at this time of the year is not fun for anybody. And like we mentioned last episode, New England has held or had held three teams to less than 10 points three weeks in a row. So they're not a they're not like a pushover by any means as far as defense goes either. Um, so yeah, if you're going with Patrick Mahomes, you're going with this crazy upside thing and you're like, oh, it's Patrick Mahomes. I'm a ride or die Patrick Mahomes fan. Sure. If that's your, if that's your, the way you want to win your championships, go ahead. I digress. Or lose your championships. Or, or loses. Like, like, it's, like you were saying, like if it was Dak versus Stafford, like that's a legit debate. If it's Patrick Mahomes versus Stafford, I don't think that's as legit. That's not a debate. I'm going it's Stafford. Yeah, everything points towards Stafford. Right now, who's catching the ball for Mahomes? Is it Kelsey? Kelsey's not really doing much. Is it anybody else? Do you trust any of these guys to make plays for you? No. So, all in all, Patrick Mahomes is not who you think he is right now. At this moment, I've joked about it all year long, but, dude, there is some truth behind that. And just be wary. If he had better weapons, better players to throw to, I'm sure things will be different. No knock on him, but things look a little different. There's just not enough touchdowns here to be safe. Yeah. I mean, last one, two, three, four, five, six weeks, his best finish is quarterback eight. And that's what he is the whole season. He's quarterback eight. Uh, before that, he had one quarterback, one finish, but all season, Shisho, this guy's drafted the first quarterback. Yeah. All season, he has one QB, one finish, and the next highest is QB five. So he's already, yeah. the QB five finish for Mahomes is unacceptable because he's drafted so far ahead of the five that he has to be a top three finish to you know meet meet ADP or you know reach yeah. expectations and right now there's no world even if he plays lights out the last four weeks he's not going to reach ADP so uh, it has been a disappointing year right now like you said everything you threw at us are all reasons why you need to really seriously consider pivoting away from Mahomes in the playoffs if you truly are again going against a juggernaut of an opponent where you need your quarterback to possibly put up 30 plus Mahomes has the upside but unfortunately the situation around him right now does not warrant that level of upside and Matthew Stafford, absolutely, 100% this week at least, has that upside. So, again, I'll sit on that all week long. Matthew Stafford should be started over Patrick Mahomes this week. Um, Talking about the quarterback on the other side there real quick, Josh Allen, my quarterback, not a great week, subpar week, 20.52 points, only quarterback nine. Uh, He is quarterback one on the season, fantasy player one on the season. Rest of the season uh, schedule, though, not great. Goes to Dallas, charges a good matchup, but then we just talked about it, the New England Patriots. And all that to be said, He's the best quarterback in fantasy football right now. So he is the only guy that I would probably very rarely, if probably ever be like, Oh, this is a weird matchup. Do you think I should start Matthew Stafford? No, I think Josh Allen right now, because of the legs X factor for Allen and the fact that he, it's not just his legs for yards. I think he's got maybe six to eight rushing touchdowns this year. So the dude gets into the end zone with his legs. That's why he is quarterback one. That's why, you know, even if the matchups are not great for Josh Allen and he is turnover prone, he's still the best quarterback in fantasy football and he's an auto lock start. 
Broncos in the Chargersville. The Chargers are all kinds of a mess, man. Justin Herbert, we just found out out for season. Add that to another, add that to the list of another quarterback with season ending injury. Broncos win 24 to 7, cover the three and a half point spread under 45 and a half cashes. But the Chargers fantasy value for the rest of the year, absolute nosedive. It was already not great. And now you're sitting on the potential of Austin Eckler, which his season's been awful. And his saving grace is him catching the ball. And his saving grace with him catching the ball is having an elite quarterback to throw him that football. Now you got Easton Stick throwing the football to you. Don't feel great. Brandon Staley last week said they're going to try out other running backs because they need to get the run game going. Doesn't feel great for Austin Eckler, right? Keenan Allen on the injury report. Keenan Allen has Easton Stick throwing to him. All of a sudden, those target the target monster that is Keenan Allen, Easton Stick changes all of that. So you know, it's the week before fantasy football playoffs and you think you're sitting pretty with Keenan Allen and all this, you know, and everybody else. Mm-hmm. And then your quarterback is down and now you're really, really thinking about playing weapons for a quarterback that you haven't seen play more than a full football game in the NFL. So what, what, what is the strategy here? If you're a Keenan Allen owner, I mean, you probably have to start him, right? I mean, it, it's one of those where bad quarterback, good, uh, good receiver situation, but with a lot of those, we've at least seen a couple weeks of chemistry to be like, this is what I can realistically expect, right? Yeah. I don't know what the hell to expect with Keenan Allen. He could quite frankly have a goose egg because I don't know if Easton Stick is an NFL quarterback yet. No, he's not. <laughs> we haven't seen him play yet. So, no, he's not. Um, I, I don't know what to make of this. I think that this this whole uh, team is in shambles. They're like, you know, there's going to be a lot of finger pointing. I don't even know what their goal is. Are they trying yeah. to win more games now? Are they going to lose games? I, I don't know. Uh, it's hard to say, but I, I do know they're probably going to just keep feeding Eckler as much as possible and keep trying to get the ball to Allen as much as possible. Outside of that, it's it's up for grabs on what you want to predict. We, do, we will not know anything unless we get more information throughout this week. Um, but for right now, none of this is – I'm not excited about any of this. I don't, I don't want to start any of these players. Uh, yeah. But the other side, though, if I want – if I have a solid team and I want – I've been kind of, you know, uh, let down by a lot of shitty QB play all year. Of all the names we mentioned, there is actually one that is more consistent than all of them, and that is Russell Wilson, right? He actually has been super consistent. He's been hovering around that 17 points per game for since what, week seven? Since week seven was the last time he had, you know, um, or week six was when he had a single digit game. Um, And then since then, he's been doing pretty okay as far as like, if this is what you're looking for, if you want some stability on your team and you're tired of getting burnt by bad QB play, then you could potentially start him. We're looking at Detroit coming up next and you might want to use somebody else against New England. Uh, It's it's a primetime game, uh, week 16. And then week 17, we're talking about the Chargers again, who we don't even know their identity. So for some stability, you can look at uh, Russell Wilson. He's only getting better throughout the year, too. And guess what? He has the same amount of touchdown passes as Patrick Mahomes and less yeah. interceptions. So, I mean, it's just somebody to look at, okay? So if you're struggling, if, if you're going up against a mano mano battle and you're still starting the loves and whatnot, it's okay for this week. But, you know, there's a couple of bad matches coming up. If you want some stability for week 15 or week 17, Russell Wilson is your guy. Yeah. Not a bad play. I don't know who thought we would be here in the playoffs advising people to start Russell Wilson, but here we are. Sunday Night Football, the Eagles and the Cowboys in Dallas. And my goodness, the Dallas Cowboys throttled Philly 33 to 13. Final cover, the three and a half point spread under 52 and a half caches. Um, I think it's fair to say for me in the 25 years that I've been watching football, to me, this is the 
scariest Dallas Cowboys team I've seen. Yeah, uh, I think sure. they're the most complete team. Um, their offense is absolutely humming. They're finally not relying on the run. The run is just setting up, setting up like the pass sets up the run for them. Yeah. And that's actually working because CeeDee Lamb is thriving and their pass catchers are thriving. And then you have the defense. The defense is incredible. They have pass rushers. They have guys that can cover. They have, you know, they have guys that can Swiss army knife and play all over the field guys breaking records for most pick sixes in a season. Like yeah. everything is clicking for this team. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I do have, I do have legitimate concerns if you're a team and you're starting a player against the Cowboys defense, right? Hurts 8.8 points this week, QB 24, zero touchdowns. I don't think he's ever done that. Worst game of the season, but obviously for Hurts, rest of the season, Seattle, Arizona, and the Giants, you smash him. He's going to win you the championship yeah. probably. Uh, but again, the Dallas Cowboys defense and this Dallas Cowboys team as a whole, if you have Cowboys players, you're feeling really good heading into the playoffs because they've been smashing. Uh, we've talked about them at nausea already with the Dak situation, but um, it's a good spot to be in, and I need to give them their kudos because I talk you know, mad shit on the Cowboys, but for the yeah. first time, they looked as scary as I've probably ever seen them. Yeah, I, I agree with you, dude. I completely agree with you. I don't see a weakness. There are There is that one game where they got blown out. Um, that I just keep hoping for uh, could be a sign of things to come in the playoffs because I can't have them going off like this. Then I won't have a chance with the Vikings trying to do anything in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's really not much that needs to be said. The Cowboys are probably one of the most com complete teams, if not the most complete team, to be honest with you. Um, and Eagles are just doing Eagles things. There's a thing. There's some things that are of concern here too. AJ Brown, uh, he's been solid. You know, he's been solid, but at the rate that he was going up until week eight, uh, dropping touchdowns and 130 yards per game or whatever it was. Um, we haven't had anything more than 15 points since week nine. Um, and week nine seems like it was just a little bit ago, but that was one, two, three, four, five, six, six weeks ago now. So, um, you know, hoping for some bigger plays like that to happen because the big play meter has been really low for AJ Brown over the last month or so, even up to a month and a half. So does that mean they're spreading the ball around, switching it around a little bit more? Yeah. Devontae Smith is doing a little bit better, but their run game has just disappeared. So I'm a little worried as a swift owner. Uh, do I have to pivot? Am I am I really think sitting here and thinking about not starting uh, Smith because at this moment it's the run the run game starts with Hertz the touchdowns from the ground starts with Hertz everything starts with Hertz and Hertz isn't throwing the ball well so he's running the ball to make up for the lack of passing well um, and that hurts the running backs especially because this running back situation is not so one guy anymore we're seeing a lot more kenneth gainwell come up in weird situations when he's like a little skinny dude they're trying to run him up the middle not sure what's going on there but with the easy matchups coming up against seattle and the giants and arizona uh i have to just sit there and pray i have to say let's just see what swift can get give me in the playoffs because i can't i can't logically justify benching swift for you know somebody like chandler at least this week so we will see yeah, it's tough. It's tough with Swift with the way he started and how good he looked and effective he was running the football. The Eagles offense never quite has clicked all season. And we're 14 yeah. weeks into the season and we're like, oh, when are they going to click? And they just really haven't. And the running game has definitely uh, taken a hit because of that.
Monday Night Football, we had a double header. Let's talk about the game we didn't go to. Miami Dolphins hosting the Tennessee Titans in Miami, where the Dolphins are usually nails. But Tennessee and Will Levis come in here and upset them 28 to 27, cover the 13 and a half point dog spread over 44 and a half caches. I'm keeping this short and sweet. Um, Tyreek Hill left the game. Miami's Dolphins did absolutely nothing. Tyreek Hill came back in the game. Miami's Dolphin, Miami Dolphins offense started doing things again. Is that a coincidence? No, because Tyreek Hill is the most valuable player in football. The offense, the team, everything completely changes. Don't like people are like, oh, but you still have Jalen Waddle. He's just as fast. He can be the wide receiver one. It's not. It's not the same thing at all. As much as we want to believe Waddle is the same speed, the same type of player, he's not. He's really not. He's a wide receiver too, and that's what he's good at. Um, but I, again, to me, it just really validates that this team is Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill changes the way every opposing defense has to face this team. And the minute he's off the field, it almost doesn't matter that they have two running backs that are four, three speed. And they have Jalen Waddle. That's four, two speed. None of that matters when Hill's not on the field. So uh, again, it sucks that he's not going to win. He's probably a lock for offensive player of the year. Hopefully if he doesn't get hurt or, you know, doesn't put up stats the last three, four weeks. Uh, but that's really my biggest takeaway here. Yeah. Um, for fantasy football purposes, there's really nothing to be said from the Dolphins standpoint. You're going to be starting all of those guys. Uh, maybe, you know, you could maybe put in a Hopkins for Waddle if you want to. Uh, I'm sure that's uh, some thoughts that people have gone across. Uh, but on the other side, on Tennessee's side, um, you know, Derrick Henry has reestablished himself as, okay, wait a second there, Spears. Like, it's still my game. I might have had a concussion, but I'm still taking these touchdowns. Um, so that thought process of the whole Spears holding on to him for this specific reason, that kind of just faded away. Um, but you might still be holding on to him just for whatever sake, you know, these RB1s, these potential RB1s are hard to come by. And these are the times you kind of want those guys on your team. But I just want to mention DeAndre Hopkins. I, You know, it's one of those players that didn't really start off really hot. Um, actually, he did start off with 12 points, but then kind of got a 6.6.3, 8.3. Um, just like flashes of greatness every once in a while. And, you know, is this a product of his old age? Is this a product of the way the offense is run in Tennessee? I think it's a little bit of both, but... Over the last seven weeks, he's had five weeks uh, in PPR where, you know, he scored double-digit points. And some of these have included a 32-point game and a 21-point game. So these are the booms. These are the booms you want on the flex position. This is literally what I talk about when I talk about a, what is a good flex player. This is what a good flex player is. You, 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 can, you can handle the downs of the eight points or the six points uh, because your team is good. But you could also easily win that week with just Hopkins alone because your team is stable with a 32-point game, a 21-point game. So these are the players I'm targeting. I've targeted all year to put on my flex uh, position like him. James Cook is another one of those guys. He's become more consistent uh, as of late. But these big upside guys are who you want in your flex. Just keep that in mind uh, heading into the playoffs. Yeah, it's the difference from you know scoring 105 to 115 points to 120 to 130 points, right? Right, right. Second game on Monday Night Football. We were there. Giants Packers in MetLife. Giants win this game on a last second field goal. 24 to 22 final cover the five and a half point spread over 37 and a half caches. We were all the biggest Saquon Barkley fans last night and he delivered. He delivered. Uh, he but what's funny is he should have had more. more. He got he he fumbled, not getting touched, fell down uh, on what could have been an open like 60 yard touchdown run. 
and possibly 30 plus points, but still ends up with 20 carries, 86 yards, two touchdowns, 21.6 points, three catches, 15 yards. Good for RB five on the week, RB 18 on the season. So he's firmly sitting as an RB two. You obviously drafted him to be an RB one. So a little bit below what you expected, but the rest of the season schedule looks tough. He's got the saints. He's got the Eagles, and then he's got the Rams. Obviously, with the usage, Saquon Barkley is not a player you ever consider benching, but it's fitting because you're going to head into the playoffs with Barkley the same way you've held on to Barkley all season, on the edge of your seat and very uneasy. So um, inefficient, touching the ball, looks like he's hurt on every other play, limps off the field, comes back in, touches the ball. So you just have to hope that he makes it through 60 minutes of football and gets you double digits. Uh, But that's kind of the situation around Saquon Barkley, the man. Um, looks beaten up, man. Like in person, especially like the way he runs off the field, runs on the field, just a different guy. Uh, you know, latter part of the season, he's coming off major injuries. So he definitely looks that part. Um, but it's still Saquon Barkley. So you still start it and forget it in the playoffs and hope he has a vintage performance. What did you see in this game? Um, I saw how giants fans are ruthless, even with the crappy record they have, <laughs> they're acting like they're like the best team in the league, which is impressive. I'm, I'm happy to see fans like that exist. Cause I've gone to a lot of Cowboys games in Texas and that's not the attitude we see uh, walking into the stadiums. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I was looking at Saquon nonstop. I think I made eye contact with him one time when there was a clear path down the middle and he got arm tackled uh, from like breaking a 60 yard tackle. So yeah, I mean, he's, he's not the same Saquon we're used to the 75 yard touchdowns are probably a thing of the past now. Um, But you know, I think he might have like one more year left in him. I won't be drafting him ever again because I'm tired of this stress that that he provides me every week, but, but he is one of the bonafide RB ones while he's still playing um, so for that reason, if he's, you know, a little bit like if he's like a third down, third round player next year, maybe I'll grab him early third round. Um, but yeah, as far as the rest of the season goes that you said it yourself, you're, you're, you're not starting anybody else. You're not starting any Wondell Robinson's in the playoffs. You're not starting DeVito's in the playoffs. You're not starting anybody <laughs> on the giant side. So Saquon's all it is. And on the other side of the field, you have love, which I am going to be starting for one more week. We'll see how that goes. I might change my mind. We'll see how the rest of the week plays out. Um, but I don't like Jaden Reed is still a gadget player. I'm not sold on those players. I don't like to have gadget players on my team because there's no consistency. You're like banking on things and I'm not, I don't like to bank on things. So um, if you want to start them on your flex, sure. Go ahead. If you want to bank on that kind of stuff from happening often, Chauvin's been doing that a lot and it's been working out for him um, until it didn't, but um, you know, it can happen. So, but these other guys, Christian Watson, we don't know what's going to happen with Romeo dives. Just he makes like one big play a game and none of them are usually touchdowns. Uh, so it's tough. It's tough to, it's tough to talk about anybody else besides Saquon here and, and love if you're streaming quarterbacks. Yeah. I'd say again that we've already, we've at nausea talked about AJ Dillon, even when he's the only back, it's not great. So he's one of the few yeah. players where you're like, Oh, he's touching the football 75% of the time doesn't automatically equate to starting him. So one right. of the few players in football where that is the case. Um, and then, you, and then the Jaden Reed situation, I'm with you. I think it's tough to start a player where, you know, you look at like how much he's on the field, how many targets he's getting, and none of that really equates to elite level usage, but then he's actually producing based on end arounds and random touchdowns and things like that. So yeah, you can't really bank on, uh, you know, in circumstantial variables to come into play, you need to bank on this guy gets thrown the football this many times. And I know that that's going to happen. Not Jane and Reed may get an end around for a touchdown. So, uh, if you're starting somebody there, it's Reed, but yeah, it definitely comes with a ton of risk. Mm-hmm. 
That is the slate of games. What a wild season. What a wild week. Congrats if you made the playoffs. I'm sorry if you didn't make the playoffs. There's always next year. And, you know, there's still the consolation bracket. Don't be the loser. Don't be the final loser. Don't be the Sacco. Uh, still play for pride because uh, that stuff is important. Um, anything else that you think we need to touch on before we pivot a little bit? Um, no, no. No. Solid week. Um. That is all we have for week 14. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I am Sweetheart. That is Shashot. We're the only playbook. Good luck in the playoffs. We are going to put out a bonus episode where we talk about what our biggest advice is heading into the playoffs. That should post in about two to three days. So stay tuned for that. Have a fantastic week. See you guys.